Designed by Wingnut Social is brought to you by Wingnut Social, the leading interior design and home pro digital marketing agency. We know it works so you don't have to. Learn more at wingnutsocial.com. Have you hit a wall when it comes to growing your design business? Then welcome to Designed by Wingnut Social, helping home professionals accelerate their success with proven industry practices and expert advice. Hey kids, and welcome to Designed by Wingnut Social. I am your host, Schmitzy Darla Jethro Powell, and I am recovering from a cold. So as I record this intro and outro, just bear with me. The actual interview, I was cootie free. So uh, don't worry about that. So today's guest, Warren Schulberg, has been on the show before, and he is an expert on our industry and the furnishings manufacturers and what's going on. And he has his finger on the pulse. And you guys might know that we've had some upsets lately with some of the trade manufacturers, some furnishing vendors that have gone a little belly up. So he and I are going to dig into why that happened, how much is attributed to the time we're living in, our economy, how much of that is attributed to the actual businesses, what in the hell is actually going on and what does the outlook look like? And you guys are really going to want to stay tuned to my conversation here with Warren Schulberg. So in the interest of time and saving my voice so I can record this, let me tell you, let me tell you a little bit about my man, Warren Schulberg. He is a business journalist and he knows the retail business. Warren has been a regular contributor to the Robin Report and the business of home, as well as his own blog, warrensreport.com. As a former editor-in-chief For several leading business-to-business publications specializing in home furnishings retailing, he has chronicled the good, the bad, and the ugly of the business in a career spanning four decades. Warren, you don't look old enough. Did you start when you were 10? His award-winning commentaries elicit both praise (laughs) and complaints. Join the club. (laughs) All right, guys, help me in welcoming Warren Schulberg to the show. Hey there, Warren Schulberg. Welcome back to the show. How the hell are you? I'm okay, darling. Thanks for asking. I'm uh, well, going with the flow. Uh, assume you're okay too. Yep, yep. I'm doing all right here in uh, Southern Maryland. Fall has struck. The air is cool, and it's my favorite favorite time of year, really. So I can't complain. Can't complain. Okay, I I could use one more beach vacation, but uh, but I'll deal with it though. So. <laughs> right. So if you have if if you're new to the show, Warren Schulberg isn't. He's actually been on. It's been a couple of years though, right? Talking about the yeah. state of the furniture industry and uh, with the recent events that have gone down in a couple of. Pretty big name furnishing manufacturers uh, just kind of throwing up their shutters and saying, see ya, wouldn't want to be ya. I wanted to talk to you, the expert in the industry, in the space, and see what is going on with the furnishings industry and uh, just kind of pick your brain on it. So if you're game, let's dig into the, the biggest, most obvious story is Mitchell Gold. What the hell happened? The furniture business and the entire home furnishings uh, industry Business really sucks right now. It's uh, mm-hmm. the industry is still dealing with a a COVID hangover. So yeah. as we all know, home furnishings business exploded during the pandemic. Everybody was stuck at home and said, "God, my house is a dump. I better fix it up." And uh, and they did. They spent a lot of money uh, uh, fixing it. And the industry had t- two spectacular years: retailers, yeah. vendors, uh, interior designers, everyone. 
people ventured out of their homes again and said, oh, I want to go to a restaurant. I want to go to a movie. I want to, I want to go to a concert. God, I want to go on vacation and get out of this house. So spending changed radically. Uh, again, this is all stuff that everybody knows in the, in the industry. And the fact of the matter is, is that uh, if you bought a new sofa in 2020 or 21, chances are you don't need another one right now. And you don't need another bedroom set. And you don't need uh, a new refrigerator. What's happened is that the furniture folks are are dealing with this hangover and are trying to to navigate through the current situation, which is uh, exasperated by the fact that there's still too much inventory out uh, at the tail end of the pandemic in the industry, bought whatever wasn't nailed down because they were selling everything. Yeah. They're stuck with a lot of a lot of bad inventory, a lot of stuff that they shouldn't have bought in the first place and stuff mm-hmm. that came in on $25,000 containers uh, uh, from Asia. And containers were pre-pandemic were $2,000 uh, and now they're back down again. So Mitchell Gold kind of got caught up in all of that. They have been owned by a private equity firm and we can uh, spend uh, endless podcasts talking about <laughs> private equity companies. But well, let me um, ask you really quickly, Warren, not to interrupt you, but also to yeah. interrupt you. Can you explain, because I was reading your article on Business of Home, really good article, by the way, if you guys want to read that over uh, Business of Home, Mitchell Golden, Bob Williams, Shutters Abruptly by ours truly here, Warren Schulberg. What What is the impact of uh, being owned by a private equity? And what exactly does that mean? Private equity companies, which are essentially uh, loan companies come in and buy up a company and pretty much pay for it out of debt. Uh, so they they borrow the money against the assets of the company. That company then needs to service that debt. Home furnishings companies don't throw off a lot of cash. So, mm-hmm. you know, I, I don't have the specific Mitchell Gold numbers in front of me. Sure. And uh, the private equity guys who bought them are certainly not the worst out there. But they come in and they take cash out. They generally have a management fee. Sometimes they'll have special dividends that that go back to the to the PE firm. So there's lots of ways that they uh, restrict the operations of of the companies that they buy, and that's a lot of what happened with Mitchell. When sales were going great, they could they they could service that debt. They were throwing off enough cash, and then when the business uh, tanked, uh, and again that wasn't specifically Mitchell. We don't see their specific numbers as a privately right. owned company, but. It's safe to say that their business is nowhere near what it was. So, well, I'm wondering how much of that is the slinky effect of the ordering, the delays in the furnishing industry and getting that inventory for COVID and it dying down because people are going out and they're traveling again. And they're maybe they're, they've already bought the sofa, right? Like, like you said, to your point, versus maybe some aggressive mismanagement as well from those private equity firms. Is, is, was that a perfect storm or do you think it was really just the industry more so than the management? Well, you know, Mitchell and Bob, who are terrific guys and built an mm-hmm. amazing company, both kind of stepped back from running uh, from running it day to day. Mitchell, particularly, who kind of was the grand mystic ruler of Mitchell Gold, and, and Bob <laughs> right. was the designer. So Mitchell stepped back first, and then Bob did. And 
like a lot of companies, when the founders go, they're different companies. So they yeah. brought in another uh, executive to run it. She came in with substantial home furnishings credentials. She had not run a factory before. She was much more on the retail side. So maybe that uh, was a problem. It's it's hard to say. And I don't know if they, whoever they had brought in, uh, how it would have gone without Mitchell and Bob actively involved. Yeah, because there's they're not connected anymore. They have they don't have the same kind of skin in the game to make sure it yep. gets run in the way, right? Yep. Yeah, and yep. that's always a downfall for when you sell a business and something to consider. So, um, what would you say to those designers out there who have like multiple hundreds of thousands of dollars of orders <laughs> outstanding with them? Is there any recourse? Is there any updates on that as far as what's going to happen to that? Mitchell uh, did an interview with Business of Home. I think it was a podcast, in fact, sure. in which uh, his advice to those designers was talk to your lawyer. <laughs> and uh, that's pretty ominous uh, advice. Uh, yeah. You know, uh, Mitchell Gold has said, Mitchell Gold, the company, has said mm -hmm. uh, they think there were about 4,000 orders in process. Now, how many of those came through interior designers and how many of them were mm -hmm. just customers Retail. going into stores? It's hard to say. They're never going to get that. They're never going to get that product. Uh, the, the factory is shut down. Virtually anything that was finished has, has gone out the door already. So, you know, there was some thought for a while that, that a white knight would come in and, and buy it and restart it. That doesn't look like it's going to happen. Still possible. If Richard Nixon could come back, then anything is possible in terms of, uh, of second acts in America. So uh, uh, that, and that, that is true. And that dates me if I'm referring, mm -hmm. if I'm making Richard Nixon. Uh, uh, I'm, I'm there with you. I, yeah. I think I don't think I think I'm about your age or, yeah. or pretty close. Yeah. I, I just say interior designers yeah. are, are really left holding the bag. And if you had orders with Mitchell mm -hmm. Gold, the company. Uh, I, the chances of you getting th th that merchandise are pretty slim and you need to have a plan B. Well, there's some parallels too, not just in the, in uh, retailers in general, like Peloton, right? Peloton had saw tremendous growth during the pandemic. And now I think their stock's like four or $5 a share just because I don't know if that's lack of planning. I mean, you had to any, I mean, I'm sitting here and I don't have any financial education, but I'm like, okay, it seems like you would plan <laughs> in anticipation. I mean, it was pretty obvious people were staying home, not going to gyms, redoing their house. And I wanted to ask you going from that, I'm seeing with the, the economy now isn't what it was two years ago, but in my personal experience, it's still pretty strong overall for interior designers. I do see some slowing down, not um, in the interior design industry, but not, not crazy, right? I mean, I'm a marketing agency for interior designers. So I, I pretty much can see who's coming in and who's going out and who's getting what leads and stuff. But how how do you think that the higher interest rates and uh, right now are affecting the economy? Because I can tell you how it, affect, it affected me. Like uh, my fiance and I bought a house two years ago. And instead of going out and buying a new house, we're remodeling the house now. I am actually going in and hiring uh, kitchen designers to work on the house, uh, buying furniture, contractors. Are you seeing any of that impacting the interior design industry or furnishing space? Is that having any impact or am I just in my own little world? <laughs> <laughs> no, I, I, I think you're, you're kind of uh, uh, 
a um, a case study on on one of the scenarios that's going on. And and, and yes, the economy is not what it was, but it's mm-hmm. never going to be as good as it was in in those pandemic years. That is true. What we're seeing is, you know, uh, most people have jobs; they have good paying jobs. The big difference this time, and you know, people should not compare this to the 2008-2009 housing crash home equity uh, housing prices are continuing to be to be okay you're not seeing a crash uh, of that stuff the big change is that um with interest rates that high people are just not uh moving and mm-hmm. and buying uh buying uh, other houses you know um the housing starts end of of the of the of the housing market is doing okay, but n- new homes are about ten percent of the overall market. Ninety percent mm-hmm. of um, of the housing business has to do when people sell their house and and buy another one, and that's what yeah. we're not seeing is that uh, those interest rates. Anybody who's locked in with a three percent uh, mortgage is not going to go to a seven <laughs> percent. You know, yeah, and that's where we are. Uh, yeah. Yep. And there's one um, finance company that's trying to launch a, a financial product that you can take your old mortgage with you to a new property, which is kind of interesting. That is it, very cool. Uh, the banks are not happy about that because <laughs> I'm uh, sure. because yeah. they really want to sell you a seven percent mortgage or a six percent mortgage. Mm-hmm. So. What you've got is that uh, people who are stuck in their homes or have decided um, I can't move are are going to do some reinvesting back in their homes. So the question yeah. is, what didn't they do uh, in uh, in 2020 and 21 and early part of 22 that they can mm-hmm. still do? So, again, it's not necessarily furniture. Most people bought furniture. They bought a new refrigerator. They probably mm. did kitchen cabinets and and, and appliances. <laughs> That's what we're doing now. Yeah. yeah. Okay. <laughs> but you have been in your house. Uh, you kind of caught the tail end of uh, mm-hmm. of the housing boom. And yeah. uh, but most people have been in there have already made those investments in their home. So maybe they go out and buy a new set of towels. Maybe they buy a new rug or a new light. <laughs> They've already done a lot of the the significant. Um, uh, capital expenditures in their house. So, Are you an interior designer looking to expand your reach and attract more clients? Well, we've got just the solution for you. Wingnut Social is the leading social media marketing agency designed exclusively for interior designers. Picture this, your stunning designs showcased to a vast online audience, generating buzz and capturing the attention of potential clients. With Wingnut Social, you can transform your social media presence into a powerful marketing tool. Wingnut Social understands the unique challenges faced by interior designers when it comes to social media marketing. That's why they've created a comprehensive strategy tailored specifically to your needs. With Wingnut Social, you'll have access to expertly crafted content strategies, custom tailored for the interior design industry. Say goodbye to those days of staring blankly at your screen, wondering what to post next. Wingnut Social takes care of that for you, ensuring your posts are engaging, relevant, and captivating. But it doesn't stop there. 
Wingnut Social also provides in-depth analytics, allowing you to track the performance of your social media campaigns. Discover which posts are resonating with your audience, identify new trends, and make data-driven decisions to maximize your marketing efforts. And the best part? Wingnut Social offers personalized coaching and support. Our team of social media experts will guide you every step of the way, sharing insider tips and tricks to elevate your brand and increase your online visibility. So why wait? Take your interior design business to new heights with Wingnut Social. Visit wingnutsocial.com today to learn more. Wingnut Social, where stunning designs meet social media success. In my circles, um, not just me, but friends of mine who, who didn't pull the trigger then are considering doing it now rather than buying a house. So I'm just saying that that could, they're still, I think, I think we should keep our eye on that, that metric. I think that that's going to happen. Warren, I want to ask you how much of this with Klausner, um, Mitchell Gold, uh, what was the other one? There's, an, there's a third one. The other one, one was a company that owned the Lane brand. It had a, Okay, okay. It, it was, yeah, United Furniture was the company, but most ah, yeah. uh, people would know them as Lane. That's the brand they owned. How much of this, what we're seeing happening with these private equity-owned businesses, I think one of those wasn't private equity, is a result of Wayfair and Amazon and these big box, hard to compete with, um, kind of meh, okay, sometimes furnishing companies competing with that, their business. You know, Klausner was a big uh, Wayfair and Amazon supplier. So, okay, you know, these private equity guys, they're very... Um, they're they're very uh, cold and and cut and dry, and yeah. they're all looking at a spreadsheet. And sure. uh, the minute business. the minute the business gets below the, a certain level, they don't say, "Well, we think it's going to turn around." We think we, you know we think we can hang on to this. They say we're done. You know that line was different three years ago when interest rates were zero and money was essentially mm-hmm. free. Now that these guys are paying significant rates for the money they borrow, there's just no tolerance. So, you know, Amazon and Wayfair and those guys, they cut a a, a tough bargain and, and they're very uh, sharp negotiators. But I, I don't think they're the ones causing all this nonsense right now. Okay. Well, that's good to know. And I appreciate your input. So lastly, I want to ask you, what can we as interior designers do to protect ourselves from having, you know, $200,000 worth of orders and have a company just say, you know what, maybe not (laughs) call a lawyer. Well, I I think dental dental school is a good option. (laughs) You know, it's never too late. Uh, Our mother was always right about that, you know. Um, And so uh, that's one option. You know, I guess I guess the obvious answer is is don't do all your business with 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 one or two suppliers. I mean, spread it out. Mitchell Gold had wonderful designs, but you could get something pretty close to what Mitchell and Bob were doing at a dozen other companies. And maybe that's the way to look at it is uh, diversify, diversify mm-hmm. and, and don't yeah. make yourself vulnerable for for getting killed when um, when when your big supplier goes out. Are there any like obvious red flags? Like if we're saying I want to go an ABC f- company and there's, let me just look and see if they're owned by a private equity or anything that like to, that would just glaringly stand out to where you'd be like, mm, maybe not, or wouldn't go that yeah, far. Yeah. I, you know, 
just the fact that they're owned by private equity, that alone is not a deal breaker. Um, okay. There are some furniture companies that have, that have been very successful. Um, uh, Lexington comes to mind as one that was owned by private equity and, and has done very well. Um, they're now owned by somebody else, but, um, but, but so just, uh, a PE ownership by itself is, is not a deal breaker. It, it okay. is something you should look at in, in your equation to see if, you know, how that does. I would look at, uh, at slowing, uh, order fulfillment. If, uh, mm. you know, a company keeps saying, well, you know, we think, uh, it, it was six weeks and now it's going to be 10 or, um, or it's slowing down and the excuses start to sound a little lame, you know, the dog ate my homework kind of stuff. Uh, uh, that's something that I would worry about. I, I'd also, you know, it's a terrible thing, but I would, I would, um, follow, the CFO of these companies, uh, not somebody that you generally would ever meet. Um, CFOs have a, as chief financial officer, have great instincts for getting the hell out of Dodge, like before things get terrible. And if you see a CFO who's been at a company for a while and all of a sudden he's left and he doesn't necessarily have another job, to me, that's a big red flag. It just, it's um, it's not a coincidence. So I always look for that. I wonder, as you were saying that, if there were any communications from these companies to de designers delaying shipment or fulfillment, if there was any of that like soft warning, you know, before we have a whole bunch of orders that aren't just going to get fulfilled. That, that, so thank you for that advice. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, mm -hmm. and I don't know how Mitchell, uh, uh, Mitchell Golden Bob, we're doing with that. Four thousand orders seems like a lot to have works in progress. So I have a feeling they were running short of cash and weren't able to buy foam and fabric and wood frames, and and so to me that's a telltale sign too. Anybody who's interested in my uh, rants and raves, uh, I'm at uh, warrensreport.com. Uh, Apparently, uh, the Warren report was taken before I got here. So uh, <laughs> so it's warrensreport.com. And I write, right. for, I write for Business of Home and the, and the Robin report, too. So, Well, awesome. Thank you for sharing that with us. Now I have to ask you if you're ready for the What Up Wingnut round. Okay. What would the hashtag on your tombstone be? Um, a hashtag is the last thing I would ever put on my tombstone. Uh, I, uh, I use social media. I follow it. I'm not a, I'm not a Luddite, but, um, uh, as a journalist, hashtags are just an insult to my intelligence. And, uh, and so I'm hoping that, um, long after I'm dead, uh, people who might see a hashtag on a tombstone would go, what is that? Why is that? What does that cross thing mean on a, on there? So yeah, I'm not I'm not putting a hashtag on my tombstone. You know what? I so. accept that. I love that. It's one of the most entertaining answers I've ever had on this show. <laughs> You're stuck on a deserted island, but you can have your favorite food forever. What is it? So, <laughs> um, I think it would be rice because um, if I'm on a deserted island. Um, I'm catching fish, you know, and I'm making sushi. So I need the rice, uh, to make my sushi. So I, and I'm set. I think, uh, 
you know, if that island is someplace good and there's some tuna or some other stuff, I'm going to be okay. But I do need that rice. And you're a thinking man. I love it. Last <laughs> but not least, please recommend a book that has impacted you either personally or professionally. While I read every magazine and newspaper that's not nailed down, I'm a terrible book reader. I, I just don't have the patience for it. So as a writer, I was, I've always been influenced by, uh, by Kurt Vonnegut. I, I think he's such a, he was such a creative writer and yeah. opened up the parameters of how you can communicate. And I, I try to do some of the things he, he has done or he did not nearly as successfully, but he kind of just opened my eyes to other ways to, to communicate. Okay, we'll take that as an author recommendation in general. I love it. Um, very intellectual recommendation. <laughs> All right, Warren Schulberg, please tell the audience uh, your website again, where they can go to read your up-to-date information on the industry, and we will call it a day. So it's warrensreport.com, um, available on screens uh, everywhere. And um, I, uh, I hope, you, uh, hope you follow it. I, I post uh, several times a week. and. Uh, God knows I always have some opinion and just another <laughs> another loudmouth uh, ex-New Yorker. So, yeah. Really good opinions. It's, a, it's really good. I was actually, when I was uh, reading before the show, I was on there reading all of the articles and everything. It's super uh, informative. I, I love it. It's really, well, really thank, well done. Thank you. Thank you so much for joining us again on the show. Guys, if you missed the first episode, you can go into uh, our show notes at wingnutsocial.com. Just search in there for Warren Schulberg. You can see his first amazing interview. And um, yeah, that's it. That's it for today. Thank you again for joining us, Warren. You're a wealth of information as usual. Thanks so much for having me and uh, everybody stay well. <laughs> stay well. Amen. All right, kids, there you have it. Some amazing insight from my man, Warren Schulberg. What do you think? I'm curious to hear your thoughts. Send us a, an email to info at wingnutsocial.com. All right, guys, that's it for this week. I'm going to try to save my voice here. Don't forget to head on over to wingnutsocial.com. If you need help with marketing your interior design firm, if you're an architect, or if you just make stuff for the home, maybe you're a rug vendor, maybe you make kitchen cabinets, maybe you make case goods, maybe you make furnishings. Well, we do all of that. We have lots of clients who will tell you that we do an amazing job. That's wingnutsocial.com. And remember to tune in next week where hopefully I don't sound like Brenda Vaccaro <laughs> and to get out there, get uncomfortable and be great. You've reached the end of this episode of Designed by Wingnut Social, but that's only the first step into accelerating your business the Wingnut way. Head over to wingnutsocial.com or call us at 786-206-4331 to see how we can help take your business from meh to amazing. We'll see you on the next episode of Designed by Wingnut Social, your digital marketing tightly fastened. And see what, what is going on with the furniture furniture. <laughs> First edit. All right, guys, that's it for this week's episode. Member, member berries. Good boy, Mango.